Thank you, Jesus. All right. We have been in the process of studying the fear of the Lord. And um, the uh, reason that we are doing this is that because the, the spirit of the Lord is, is showing us that the fear of the Lord is going to be restored to the house of the Lord. Yes. That means that the people of God, people who say, God, I walk with you, are going to understand who he is and they're going to understand uh, right from the Old Testament perspective and from the New Testament perspective what the fear of the Lord is. We've talked a lot about that already, and, and those of you that uh, are, are new today, uh, I wish I could give you all the things that, to catch you up, but I, I can't do that in the time that we have. But I want to uh, read some scripture to you. And uh, the, our text in Psalm 111 and verse 10, the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom, and good understanding have all those who do his commandments. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom, and good understanding have all those that do his commandments. What I want to talk to you about, uh, maybe today and next week, maybe over the next uh, two or three weeks, is the fear of the Lord uh, from a New Testament vantage point. We've talked a little bit about the fear of the Lord from the Old Testament vantage point. We've talked about what it means to fear God uh, in the same way that a child would fear uh, the potential of discipline from his parents. It's appropriate that we have that understanding of God. I was looking, mm, I was looking in my Bible in Acts chapter 5. Maybe, I, maybe this is where I have to go. Go to, go to Acts chapter 5. I was looking at my Bible in Acts chapter 5, and this is the New Testament church, and I, have, I am 50, how old am I, honey? 50, 52 years old, so I can't remember how old I am anymore. 53, I don't know how old I am. How old am I? Figure it out and tell me how old I am. Acts, I'm 53, 52. I'm too old to remember how old I am. Take a vote. It's all just a number anyway. 52 and a half. Y'all out there with your telephones, got your calculator open, trying to figure out how old this man is. I want to talk to you about the fear of the Lord. I want to talk to you about a New Testament vantage point of the fear of the Lord. I'm going to read this passage of scripture to you, and we're going to talk about this. But a certain man named Ananias, with Sapphira his wife, sold a possession. They kept back part of the possession... His wife was aware of it. He brought part of it and laid it at the apostles' feet. Peter said to Ananias, Why has Satan filled your heart to lie to the Holy Spirit and keep back part of the price of the land for yourself? While it remained, was it not yours? And after it was sold, was it not in your own control? Why have you conceived this thing in your heart? You've not lied to men, but to God. Now, I'll tell you what happened. Ananias and Sapphira saw... Folks getting excited about the things of God, and they were getting excited about the kingdom of God, and they were giving, and they were giving. They were writing big checks. And they, were writing, they were writing some big checks. They were giving away everything, putting it all in so that there could be supply and substance in the kingdom to do the work of the Lord. They are getting excited about it. So Ananias and Sapphira uh, saw, saw uh, some of the apostles coming up and patting one of the elders, you know, uh, Oh, Elder Ben here, he sold, uh, he sold his house, and he brought all the proceeds, and he gave it. Isn't that wonderful? And they were just celebrating how different ones were giving, and they were just giving everything. 
But what Ananias and Sapphira did was they said, hey, we're going to sell this. We're going to get full price out of it. We're going to get all this money for the land that we're selling. Then we're going to go put half of it in savings. But when we take our giving, we're going to tell the apostles we're giving all. That's what they did. You see, you get that out of the story because he said, while it remained, was it not your own? You could have done anything you wanted with it. And after it was sold, it was in your control. You can give a third. You can get half. You, you, but don't come in here and give half and say you're giving all. Don't come up in here and say, I'm giving God everything when I'm only giving God a little part of who I am. The reason this is so vitally important, I'm as old as I am, I've not heard anybody preach on this from this passage of Scripture. As old as I am, nobody wants to touch this. Well, you know what? I'm just a guy that if nobody wants to touch it, I'll touch it. If nobody wants to talk about it, I'm going to talk about it. Because we're not going to have folks walking with Jesus that don't know the truth and don't understand the power of God and the purposes of God in the earth and the plan of God for your life. You come up in here, you're going to get the truth. And if they tell me you can't preach on that in church, you'll split the church wide open. You know, I'm going to preach on it. How many want the truth when we sit around the word of God? Come on. So Ananias and Sapphira come in. Listen, this is after Jesus. This is after grace. This is after forgiveness. This is after repentance and the cross and the outpouring of the Holy Ghost. These people were talking in tongues. And they come in and they said, here, I'm giving all given everything. I'm giving all that I have to God. And they weren't. Well, the point is, if you're given half, say, I'm given half. If you're given a third, say, I'm given a third. If you're going to walk with Jesus and you're going to hold part of you back, say, I'm holding part of me back. Let's be real. Let's just be real. Let's be real. Fearing God is essential to Christian maturity. And understanding the potential that exists in not having an open and honest relationship with God is paramount to success in walking with Jesus. So we need to understand the potential that we have in, in shadowing who we are in the presence of God. We need to understand the potential. And the potential, clearly, is, is exactly what happened in, in this case. Let me read a scripture. Revelation 14 and 7 says this. And he said with a loud voice, Fear God and give him glory because... This, this is the basis for the fear of the Lord. Fear God and give him glory because... The hour of his judgment has come. Worship him who made the heavens and the earth and the sea and the springs of water. So he says, fear God, give him glory because the hour of his judgment has come. Well, I don't want to be judged. 
The Bible says, if I judge myself, then I won't be judged. So I can, I can have the fear of the Lord, and I don't have to walk in afraid of God because I'm judging myself. I'll tell you if I'm in a mess. I'm in a mess. I'll just be straight up honest with you, with God. Hey, God, here I am. I'm in a mess. He's like, come on in. Let's, we'll get that mess straightened out. But the problem is that we go before God and we want to put on this pious, uh, ooh, look at me how holy I can be. In the presence of God, that stinks. Read another passage of Scripture. 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 6 through 11. Therefore, we are always confident and know that as long as we are at home in the body, we're away from the Lord. For we live by faith and not by sight. We are confident, I say, and would prefer to be away from the body and at home with the Lord. That's pretty honest, son. I'll just soon go and be with Jesus. That's what he said. Listen. This man's talking about the moment that he's going to stand before God. He says, I have a preference to leave this body and be at home with the Lord. So, in light of the fact that one day I'm going to leave this body and I'm going to be at home with the Lord, verse 9, we make it our goal to please Him. There you go. That's the fear of the Lord. There, there, there is your biblical de- definition of the fear of the Lord. Because I'm going to stand before Him and everything that I do in this body and everything, every word that I say in this body, I'm going to stand before him and I'm going to account for it in his presence. That's some old time preaching right there, Bishop. That's some old time preaching. I have to say so myself. So we make it our goal to please him, whether we are at home in the body or away from it. For we must all appear before the judgment seat of Christ so that each of us may receive what is due us for the things done while in the body, whether good or bad. That's New Testament preaching. That's New Testament preaching. That's grace preaching. Because grace is the power to do what's right. Grace isn't the opportunity to do what's wrong. Grace is the power to do what's right. So that's grace preaching. So he says, because we must all appear before the judgment seat of Christ so that each of us may receive what is due us, the things done in the body, whether good or bad, since then we know what it is to fear the Lord, we try to persuade others. That's what I'm doing right now. That's what I'm doing right now. Since then we know what it is to fear the Lord, we try to persuade others. What we are is plain to God. Isn't that, that's just some plain speech right there. That's just some direct stuff. What we are is plain to God, and I hope it's also plain to your conscience. 1 Peter chapter 1, verse 17, If we call on the Father, who is without respect of persons, judges according to every man's works, 
pass the time of your sojourning here in fear. That means that, that what's going to go on in our lives is we're going to, every time we're making a decision, every time we're feeling a temptation, every time we're, we're feeling discouraged and, and, and the potential to be led astray exists in us and it exists in all of us. It exists in all of us. Hey, I'm, I'm no different than you. But there's going to be a moment where we say, but God is watching and I'm in his presence. And because I'm in his presence, it is my goal to please him. It is my goal to please him. Do you know how the world would look different if everybody's goal was to please God? <laughs> Hallelujah. Stuart, you might not get so much business if everybody's goal was to please God. Because everybody would be like, well, just let me bless you. I know I messed up your life. I crashed into you with my car. Now, this, let me bless you. Let me bless you. But Stuart has to say, no, you're going to bless him. You did wrong. Now you're going to do right. Don't you go praying to everybody. <laughs> Stuart be like, don't let everybody in the earth want to please God. It'll mess me up. So Ananias and Sapphira come in and they have this determination that they're going to say one thing and do another. I think that's a picture of our culture. Whew, get ready, get ready. Look out, Linda, you're preaching and it's not your turn yet. Hallelujah. She's preaching, she's already preaching. She's got an assignment several weeks out, she's already preaching. That's all right, girl. The anointing of the Lord. So Ananias and Sapphira come in. And um, Ananias, in verse 4, he says, While it remained, was it not yours? And after it was sold, was it not your own control? Was it not in your own control? Why have you conceived this thing? You've not lied to men, but to God. Ananias, hearing these words, fell down dead and breathed his last breath. I don't want to scare anybody. I'm not here to do that. Well, this is not. This is really an interesting word for baby dedication day. But he breathed his last word, fell dead at their feet. About three hours later, here comes little Sapphira. You following me? His wife came in, and she doesn't know that Ananias is dead. And Peter said, tell me whether or not this is the amount that you sold the land for. And she said, yes. And he said to her, tell me, uh, uh, then Peter said to her, how is it that you have agreed together to test the spirit of the Lord? There's the key to this whole passage right there. There's the key to this whole passage People who love Jesus, people who have God, people for whom the Holy Spirit has moved in, and yet they have a determination that they're going to test the Spirit of God. Let me see, I'm a, let me see before God how much I can get away with. Oh, you ain't going to hear preaching like this anywhere else in town today, I don't think. I don't know. If you do, send me the tape. I want to hear it. How have you 
conceived as a believer who has received the grace of God, who has received forgiveness of sin, who has received Jesus, how have you conceived that you're going to test the Spirit of God? This kind of thing had to happen because the Holy Spirit had come and filled the life of the believers. And then God had to show them that there had to remain within the heart of the people a respect for the presence of God, an honor for the presence of God. We've lost that honor for the presence of God in our culture. It's coming back. Now now I'm prophesying to you. We've lost that honor for the presence of God in our culture. It's coming back. One thing that we've always prayed here at Church of Living Water, ever since I've been here, we're coming up on 18 years in this house, and there has always been this magnificent anointing in this place. There's all, I have never come here a, a single day of my life, and there's not been an anointing from the presence of the Lord in this house. And in 18 years of anointing, we have continued to pray and say, Lord, don't let us become so comfortable with your anointing that we become willing to be dishonest in your presence or we become willing to lie or we become willing to be haphazard about the things of God. We're in a culture where we become haphazard about the things of God. Not so here. Not so. We're going to embrace the anointing, this move of God that is in this house, this visitation that we're experiencing right now. We're going to embrace the visitation in the fear of the Lord. Are you following me? Oh, we're going. We, Father, we embrace this this. Uh, this visitation that we are having from you, where people are being saved, where they're being healed, where they're being delivered, where they're being set free, where the word of the Lord is coming with accuracy. Oh God, where you are moving in this place, uh, perhaps like no other place uh, that we know of, Father, where you are moving, uh, Lord, by your spirit, and we're having a visitation from you. We will embrace that visitation in the fear of the Lord. Father, I pray in this moment for myself as well as every other person under the sound of my voice that we would sojourn here in the fear of the Lord. That we would understand that even though and, and in spite of, and, and oh, thank you for your grace, I thank you. Blood has been applied and you're not throwing con- condemnation upon your people. The fear of the Lord produces blessing in the life of the believer. We've already found that in our study to be true, how you want to bless us. But Lord, I pray in the mighty name of Jesus that the fear of the Lord would grip the hearts of your people in the earth, that for the move of God that is coming in the earth and for the anointing that is coming in the earth and for the things of God that must happen in the earth and for the body of Christ to be who she is required to be in the earth, that there must come a fear of God upon us. There must come an awesome respect in our heart for the things of God and for the move of God and for the anointing of the Lord where we are not presumptuous in your presence where we carefully handle the truths of the word, the anointing of the Lord. I ask that that would just be upon your people. God, I ask that you would saturate us with your presence. 
that your people would have this discovery that what's happening here around the altars and what's happening in our prayer times and, and what's happening in, on, on Tuesday night at men's prayer and on Thursday morning at corporate morning prayer, that the things that are happening in your presence in this place, oh God, are the things we can take home to that closet of prayer and those experiences that we're having in the corporate relationships, oh God, can happen in the private places of our experience with you if we will just honor the presence of the Lord. Oh, are you all with me still? I have a word from God, and then I'm going to dismiss and let you go. The Lord just spoke to me as I was praying that prayer, and he said, there's some places, there's some places in, in your homes where you're praying and you're saying, Lord, I want you to come in but you're not setting an environment that I can come into. Did you hear that? You're praying and you're inviting me in, but I can only come so far because the environment that you have created is not an environment that cultivates the presence of the Lord. And, and that You see, the Bible t- teaches us to prepare for the presence of the Lord. So the Lord is challenging you in your private place at home. Can I just speak by the Spirit? Are you going to take some bold bold instruction? Men, go home and throw that pornography out of your house because God can't come dwell there. Get it out. You may need to go to your wife and you may need to say, I need you to put a password on the computer and I need you to be there when I'm on it. If you need that kind of help and that kind of discipline, then let's just be honest before God, okay? He can't come and dwell whenever you just turn around and run and run him out. That's just from the Lord. You just take it and do with it what you need to do. There's some anger. I'm just speaking by the Spirit. I just have to do this. I can't quit. I want. I want to go home. I want. I want to get. I want to eat. <laughs> but there's some folks that, that you're in this room and you need this. This is the word of the Lord to you. This is the. Uh, this is the anointing of the Lord. This is. The, this is the promise of God to you. I want to come and I want to dwell, but I cannot dwell in a place of constant contention. Where there is contention, the Bible says where contention dwells, there's every evil work. Every evil work. So the Lord says to you to go home and and make covenant with one another that the contention is going to be gone from the house and that every time that temptation to move into contention arises, that you're going to look at each other and you're going to go, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. We promised each other we wouldn't do this. I'm just going to walk away for a minute. You walk away for a minute. We'll come back. We'll talk in peace. Because the Prince of Peace is coming to dwell in this place. You know, that, that's just self-discipline. There's some disciplines there. God, I'm asking you to deliver that house, whoever that is, from the anger. The Bible says when you're, there's nothing wrong with being angry, but when you're angry, don't sin. The minute you open your mouth, you're speaking things God isn't saying. That's sin. Um, 
Father, Father, God is wanting to change some environments in, in your house so he can come and dwell there. So he wants to hang out with you. He wants to hang out with you and he can't hang out with you because when he comes to hang out with you, you've got your headphones on and you've got every wicked thing going in your ears. Youth, I'm talking to you now. Oh, I didn't know I was going to do this. Set an environment for the Lord to come. Go home and think about the process of your day and the moment that things happen in the process of your day uh, that creates an environment where God cannot dwell. Start changing those things. Change those things. So He can dwell. So you can make a dwelling place for God in your house. He wants to dwell with you. God hangs out with me at my house. I used to have one place. Now I got... I got this little gold chair in the living room. If you sit there, you might just get slain. The Spirit sitting there because we prayed in it so much. Then Laura went out and she bought me a recliner that is just to die for. It's just wonderful. And I have prayed there so much that now it's just anointed and it's wonderful to pray there. And then we have this, this sitting area outside that is just, oh, there's just such an anointing there. Just wherever you go, presence of the Lord. Just, just make the presence of the Lord. Lord, you're welcome in this place. And then you can ask him, is there anything in here that just that, that causes you to not want to hang out in this place? Let me know what it is. I'll get rid of it. Don't go give it to your neighbor. Throw it in your trash. Come on. Dear Lord Jesus, don't go give that cursed thing to, to the neighbor. John, where's John Turner? John witnessed, led a man to Jesus. And then the next day, the, the, the Lord told him, go tell the man to get rid of all his pornography. And, and you know what he said to him? What should I do with it? What should I do with it? Dear Lord. Sell it. Sell it on eBay. Throw it away. Why would you give your curse off to somebody else? But that's how some people think. Seriously. There's some of y'all that are sitting here, and, and whenever, whenever the Lord talks about coming and dwelling in your house, you know the Holy Spirit in you is faithful. Listen, I'm just exhort you here, and we're going to go home. The Holy Spirit in you is faithful. And the minute that pastor says there's a reason that the Holy Spirit cannot come and dwell in your house, all kinds of wheels start turning your head. You know exactly what he's talking about. And right now, you're sitting in the presence of the Lord, and you go, oh, Lord, when I get home, I'll take care of that. I'll take care of it. I promise you, I'll take care of it. And between here and there, you'll talk yourself out of it. You'll have every reason that the enemy's already planned the conversation he's going to start with you by the time you get to your car. Listen, I've been down this road of doing and redoing and walking and rewalking and starting over and starting over emotionally in, in the presence of the Lord. Lord, I'm sorry I, I come to a place of brokenness. I quit telling myself all these lies and I'll start walking in confidence before you. It takes a while. You get some word in you, but don't let the devil steal from you by the time you get to the parking lot. And the way that you do that is if the prayer teams are coming back up here and they'll be up here. Get them, get them right now. Here, come, come. Those that are assigned. And you come up to them and you, and you tell them, Pastor said, 
for me to go home and set an environment where the Spirit of the Lord could dwell in my house. And I'm going to do that. And this is what I'm going to do when I get home. And then they're going to pray with you. And then next Sunday when you come back, you're going to come back and you're going to tell them, I did exactly what I told you I was going to do. All right, stand together. Lord, we're going to get very honest before you. We're going to get very honest in your presence. Thank you, Lord, for everything that's been accomplished today. Thank you, Lord, for the healing that has taken place. Thank you, Lord, for the deliverance that has taken place. Thank you, Lord, for all those things that were accomplished uh, uh, around the, the altar earlier. Lord, I'm thanking you for the things that are going to be done right now as folks come. If there's any other reason that you're here and there's a need in your life, don't leave and take that home with you. When there's prayer teams here willing to walk with you through freedom, don't leave without getting freedom. And then you come back tonight at 6 o'clock planning on a hot dog and some refreshments and some fellowship. Let's pray together. Father, we praise you, Lord Jesus. We thank you for what you've done in this place. We thank you for the joy of the Lord that is our strength. We thank you for the blessing of the Lord that makes rich and adds no sorrow. I pray you bless your people. Bless them on the right hand and on the left. Rising up, lying down, going and going out. Let the work of their hands be blessed. Let all the good of the kingdom come. Chase them down and overtake them. And Lord, let that thing that you dream in them be manifested in their life. And we give you all the praise and all the glory for it. In the name of Jesus. And everybody said, Amen.